Huh, good morning. Okay, let's do that again. Good morning. Endings. Endings are just a part of life. Everyone experiences endings. And if we do it on a regular basis, I want to let you know some endings that are very painless. Uh, if you did not know this, your car warranty is about ready to end. Uh, and uh, I want to let you know somebody's going to call you today. And they're going to call you today, and boy, do they have a deal for you. And when they call, what you need to do is pull out your credit card and give them your number. Endings. We all experience them. How about this? You start one job. You end one job, you start another job. You end high school, and you go to college. We all experience endings, and usually they're painless. But there are endings, though, that have a tremendous rippling effect in our lives, and usually there's two responses to those. There's either joy or sorrow, and on some occasions, it's both of those. Think about some of the rippling effects of these endings. Single to married. No kids to kids. You notice the really tired look in these parents' eyes when they're up here, right? How about this one? Married to divorce. Good health to sickness, the end of an addiction to walking clean, financial stability to financial ruin, or even the death of a loved one. And here's the thing, these endings are life-changing, and they have far-reaching impacts on us. And whether it's joy or sorrow, endings are very significant. Just look at the definition of end. A point that marks the extent of some, uh, something, a cessation of a course of action, pursuit, or activity, the point where something ceases to exist. Even the definitions tell us that they are life-changing. And as humans, we have a hard time with that sometimes. I think about the Bible and significant endings in the Bible. I think about the Garden of Eden, the perfect place to live. And yet, because of man's sin, Adam and Eve are driven from the Garden of Eden. I think about the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And because of their, their idolatry and their lack of keeping covenant with God, here's what happens. God brings the Assyrians and the Babylonians, and in a sense, as a nation, they cease to exist as they once did. Or how about this ending? The most dramatic ending of all, the one ending that had the most impact on all of human history, and that's Jesus Christ and His crucifixion. But besides the fact that we all have life endings, there's another important, some more important questions about this. What will God do with the endings in my life? What, what will He do with, when, when things come to an end, what will He do with that? And more importantly, can God take the traumatic and also the life-changing endings in my life, and actually bring about new beginnings. And that's what we want to talk about in this upcoming series, that we all encounter endings, but here's the point. When we encounter endings, for God, there is the possibility of new beginnings. For every ending in our life, there is a new beginning when it comes to God. And you ask the question, Bill, how do you know that? 
And we know that because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Again, as I mentioned earlier, the most traumatic and impacting ending ever experienced by man. It looks like all hope is lost. It's a dramatic ending. And yet God takes this ending and he does a, has a new beginning with it. And it's called the empty tomb. And I want to let you know, the empty tomb stands over time and says this. The empty tomb says this, for whatever ending that you have, God could give you a new beginning. Whatever ending you have, God can give you a new beginning. In the next few weeks, the preaching team is going to be presenting a series of lessons called Endings Bring New Beginnings. And what we want to look at is we want to look at the endings in Scripture and see how God brought about brand new beginnings. Today, I want to start about talking to the end of running. And to sort of set the stage for the end of running, I want to show you two videos. Okay, so now what's going on? Um, uh, I got some bad news because I'm moving. They got all my clothes in here. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Where are I you going to go? I guess I'm going at summer. I don't know yet. Yeah. Because summer is warmer and... I'll go somewhere like the country. A kind of country. Uh-huh. You know, where there's trees and lakes and all that. Yeah. I'll I'll go to there. But we'll miss you too much if you leave. I know. I'll come back someday. <laughs> How are you going to eat and stuff? And where are you going to live? Oh, you're going to find an old cabin and live there? Yeah. Oh. Wow. And you can come any time to visit me. That's really nice. How are you going to get food to eat? Well, cabins always have food. Oh. <laughs> and countries always grow food. Oh. Quite the little plan there, little fella. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not leaving today, right? No. Phew! It's at summer break. Oh, it's summer break, okay. But you got all your stuff packed today. Yeah, so at summer break, I won't have to pack it. Oh, okay. Hmm. What are you doing? Wait, you said you don't love me. I'm leaving. Dawson, I never said I didn't love you. Yes, you did. I said turn off your PlayStation. It's time for bed. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Get in here. And how are you going to run away with a Minecraft sword and a skateboard? Come on, <laughs> get back in here. Dawson. Running away. I believe it. one time or another, uh, every kid's tries to run away or threatens to run away. I, I remember that I was really unhappy with my parents and I threatened to run away. 
And uh, I, I want you to know that I was expecting this. I was expecting both of them to fall on their knees and just go, we're so sorry, Bill, that you're thinking right away. We're, we're so sorry for the abuse that you've, you've encountered underneath our roof. And it didn't work out that way. And I don't know about this nice, fluffy feeling video stuff. Because here's what my parents said. You walk out that door, don't come back. And that was, that was the last time I talked about running away. Running away. Running away. Unlike the videos, running away could be very, very serious. Running away could have life consequences and eternal consequences. Especially when we talk about running away from God. And today what I want to talk about is, I want to talk about running away from God and ending running and coming back home. Today I want to talk about the story out of Luke 15 with the prodigal son, which typifies endings and new beginnings. The prodigal son epitomizes a life filled with endings. Think about some of the endings. An ending of a son, the ending of an inheritance, the ending of pride, even the ending of food. And yet, all these endings bring about new beginnings, a new beginning in a relationship with his father. Turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 11 through 24. Let's open up your Bibles. Got your Bibles or your phones or whatever. Yeah, we're, there we go. Luke 15. Jesus continued. There's a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided up his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he'd set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything that there was, a severe famine in the, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his, to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands, my, my father's slaves, had food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will sit out and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. Make me a slave, father. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still far away, a long way, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned. I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Put the ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he was found. So they began to celebrate. Before the words were uttered in his mouth, he was already out the door. The request of the inheritance by the younger son 
was a horrible slap in the face of his father. Literally, here's what he was saying to his father. I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. And the father did this. He divided up the inheritance, gave it to him, and a few days later, he went to a faraway land, and he wasted his inheritance. And literally, here's what it means by squandered or wasted. It literally means is he scattered his inheritance as if he scattered it to the wind. And a lot of times, here's what we do with the younger son. We look at him and we go, that was a horrible, horrible thing that he did. And it was. And we look at the son and we're incredulous by the younger son. And we we think, how cruel could anybody be until we begin to realize we are the prodigal son. All of us are the prodigal son. Because here's the thing, we all run. We all run. And Scripture bears out this horrible, horrible event in our lives. Here's our running passages. Listen to our running passages. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if that wasn't bad enough, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 10. Listen to our running passages. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, the poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes because we all run. We all run. And besides the fact that we all run like the prodigal, there's a couple other aspects I want us to consider about running here. And here's what I want us to understand. You don't have to be moving to be running. Let me say that one more time. You don't have to be running. You don't have to be moving to be running. Sorry. You don't have to be moving to be running. Now, here's, let me explain it this way. We could come. We could sit. We could sing. We could take communion. We could listen to the lessons. And our heart be so far away from God. We don't have to be moving to be running. There's another aspect to this. Running is not a one-time, all-time event. I wish it were, right? I wish it were that point in time in our lives when we realize that we're sinners and we need Jesus and, and we confess His name, we're baptized into Jesus, and that was it. We never had to worry about running again. We never had to worry about running again, but that is just not the case. Running can happen at any time in our lives. And even even to the best of us, running can happen. It, It looks something like this, and this is where we have to be particularly careful. It goes something like this. Running can happen at any moment, and 
And we're really susceptible to some particular times in our lives. Like, for instance, when life doesn't work out the way I thought. Hey, I had plotted out my life the way it should be. And it's not working out that way, run. Or how about this? Relationships are broken and not working, run. Or how about this? Our dreams are shattered, run. Or just the stresses of life, run. And they become unbearable, and the list goes on and on and on of times in our lives. But here's the point. We don't have to be moving to be running, and running is not a one-time, all-time event. And so the question that boils down and, and runs and comes into our lives today is this. The one that I want us to look at at this moment in time, and the question is, are we running? Are you here, but your heart is so far away? Are you running And if today God would come down and peel back the layers, would there be a running heart? Running got the prodigal nowhere. And running gets us nowhere. And the call for God from God to us today is this: stop running. Bill, stop running. And in order to stop running, i got to take care of some real heart issues. And we need to stop running and we need to come home. And in order to come home, I have to deal with a couple of issues in my life. It's my heart and my thinking. And the heart issue, has I have to deal with my heart. And the heart is something like this. Here's what the heart issue is. I must come to the conclusion that the world has nothing to offer and will only make things worse. I will never ever stop running if I always believe the world has an answer for me. And in order to stop running, the heart has to kick in and has to say this. The world has nothing to offer. It has nothing to offer and will only make things worse. Can you imagine the prodigal son? When he realized, after he had spent all his inheritance, he wasted his inheritance, he scattered his inheritance all over the place, and he couldn't find any support, and all of a sudden he needed help, and all the help was gone. And to make matters worse, he got into a job that was deplorable for a Jew. It made him unclean. And besides all that, he was starving to death. And did you notice the text there? We, I always, when I was growing up, I always thought that he just ate, ate what the pigs ate. But if you look at the text, the text says this, no one gave him anything. He was literally starving to death. Solomon found out the same thing. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 2, well, it's really 2.10 first. In 2.10 he says this, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine walking into any store, walking into any place and go, I want it all and I want to experience everything, 
everything. I want to experience everything. And Solomon did, and here's his conclusion. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. John will say this. The world and everything in the world, everything in the world passes away. It passes away. So in order to stop running, in order to come home, I have to understand that the world has nothing to offer. It will only make things worse. The second thing is, i got to correct my thinking. I have to have the right thinking. And the right thinking is this. It's just not enough that the world fell apart for the younger son. That's just not enough. What you have to do is, you have to come to the right thinking. And it's in that phrase that says this, And he came to his senses. And literally what that means is he came back to himself. And here is what he realized. And this is the thinking. If we're ever going to stop running, here's the thinking that we have to have. And that is, there is nothing better than being a son to the Father. And that's the thinking we have to have. And if we're going to stop running, then we have to understand is this. Being a child of God is the best thing I will ever be. Can I, can I say that again? The best thing, the right thing, the best thing that I will ever be is a child of God. The best thing, and that's the thinking. I don't know if you've said this before. And maybe you've heard it. I know I've said it. Is, is when your kids leave, especially, they will never come home again. I know, sad. They will never come home again. And, and we all understand what this means. It means that once you leave home, there comes a point where everything is different. But I want to talk to you about new beginnings. I want to talk to you about new beginnings in the Lord. And here's the beautiful thing about new beginnings in the Lord. We can come home and know it won't be the same. It could actually be better. Did you hear that? That we could come home And it won't be the same, but it could actually be better. And that's the beauty about new beginnings. Here's what I believe about the prodigal son. I believe the prodigal son, I don't think the father radically changed after the prodigal son left. Let me explain it this way. I don't think after the father, after the son left, the father said, man, I was just a lousy God. I was a lousy father. Whew, I blew it, man. I'm going to have to make some big changes in my life because I drove my younger son away. I don't think he ever had that conversation. Here's what I, here's what I think happened is I believe he didn't change any at all because he had always been the compassionate, caring, loving father. But there's something interesting about this story. The son is going to have to... To, to prove whether that theory is right or not. Have you noticed the text here? The sun is this. The sun is going something like this. There is an amount of uncertainty in the sun. He's going, I don't know what kind of reaction I'm going to get if I go home. He is uncertain about the father and their relationship. But I want to let you know the father never changes And the son was trying to figure out whether he was going to be a slave or he was going to be a son. 
When the son comes home, he comes and he realizes three beautiful realities. And these are the new beginnings of the prodigal son. It goes something like this. There was a new beginning, and here's what the prodigal son realized. He loves me. He loves me. And he had to, he had to have this, this awakening, this realization of the deep love of the Father. And let me prove it to you in this story. When the son was far away, when he was far away, the father ran to him and, 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 and wrapped his arms around him and cried I bet he just sobbed. And here's what it said to the son. He really loves me. The second thing he said was, the new reality for the prodigal son is, he really wants a relationship with me. The new beginning for the prodigal son was the realization, the awakening is the fact that the most important thing to the father was a relationship with the son. And we see that as he calls for the ring and the rope. Listen, he just wasn't trying to get him all dressed up to make him look a little bit better around the house. He was making a statement when he said, bring the ring, bring the robe, and bring the sandals. Here's what he was saying. You are in now in relationship with me. You're in relationship with me. And finally is this. The new reality for the prodigal son is that he won't hold his sins against him. The new beginning for the prodigal son was a realization, an awakening that the wrongs committed were not going to be held against him. And I found this in this respect. I found it in the silence. The silence is deafening here. Did you catch that? The silence is deafening in the story. Remember what the son did when he came to the father? Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Did you notice that the father doesn't even address that? I mean, the father at that point could have said, oh man, look, hey, look, here's the list. Here's the list. You wish I was dead. He could have gone through the whole list, but the father didn't what? He was absolutely silent, and the silence is deafening. He will not hold my sins against me. And so the application for us today is this. Are, am I, and are you running? Now, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm not doing preacher talk now. I'm really serious. I'm asking you to take a look at your heart. I'm asking you to take a look at your heart. And I'm asking you to ask this question. Are you running? I, I mean, I know you're sitting here today. And I know you've taken communion. And I know you've th- sang the songs. But are you running? Are you running? That if we were to peel back the layers, that inside the heart there would be this person in full sprint the other way from God. Are you running? And you might be wondering today, what will God do? How will God respond to my running? And really what we're asking is this, can I really come home. Can I come home? Just like the prodigal son, we need to understand 
three beautiful realities to our new beginning, our new reality, our new beginning is this, that God really loves me. God really loves you. And he loves you, and, and we need to have some sort of realization and some sort of awakening to the deep love God has for us. He loves us so much that he sent his one and only son to die, if nobody else, just for me. And if nobody else, just for you. Our new beginning is he wants to have relationship with us. The new beginning for us today is a realization and awaking to the fact that Jesus wants to have relationship with me. And at any moment, at any moment, at any drop, any type of movement, any type of ending the run and coming back home, God's going, you're in relationship with me. Welcome back home. Or how about the last one? Our new beginning is this. He won't hold my sins against me. The new beginning today for us is a realization, an awakening that God is not going to hold our sins against us. He's not going to hold up the tablet and look at us and go, look, you, you, listen, there's an accounting that has to go on here. You understand what you did, right? It ain't going to be any of that. Not for those who are in Jesus Christ. And I love this verse. I love this verse. Psalm 103, 12. Psalm 103, 12 says this. How far, how far has the Lord taken our sins from us? How far, O oh Lord, have you taken the sins from us? Farther than the distance from the east as to the west. How far, how far is forgiveness as far as east is to the west. And this is our new beginning. This is our new beginning. No longer prodigals, right? Because we all run. We all run. No longer prodigals, but beloved children. Today, today is a good day to stop running. Can I tell you that? Today is a good day to stop running. It's a good day to have a new beginning. It's, it's a good day to have a new beginning as you become a child of God by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But for us who've been in the Lord for a while, if you're running, today is a good day for a new beginning. And we are to help you with that new beginning as we stand and as we sing.